0: This is a Glass Box Media podcast. Plus.
1: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACARS supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
2: A little bit off track with some well-known people. <laughs> you were starting to go a bit off track there. A little bit. Yeah. I'm having a blank moment right at the start yeah. of the podcast. It's is great, isn't it? Uh, I'm Jim Daly, and of course, I'm joined by the legend that is Giles Paley Phillips. Hey, How man. are you, mate? It's very kind
1: of you to call me a legend. I don't think I've quite reached that status You're a legend, You're a legend to me. Oh, well, that's very kind. Well, likewise, I'm sure. Oh, you. Didn't <laughs> um, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good really week. good.
2: Yeah, not too bad actually. Mm. Not too bad. Busy as ever.
1: Mm. Um but yeah, not too bad. What about good. You? Yeah, good. Yeah. Um haven't been up to anything particularly exciting, I have to admit. But many, yes. many blank moments this week? Always lots of blank moments. Yeah. Daily well hourly. <laughs> <laughs> hourly blank <laughs> Are moments. Are you
2: uh, obviously we're a few episodes in now. Are you learning how to deal more with blank moments from, from our chats to people? Yeah, I think
1: so. Definitely take, trying to take on board some of the advice that people are giving, especially at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Um, each of the guests have been giving us some very useful advice, and yeah. so, yeah, I've been trying to take on board some of those. Definitely. What about yourself? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. it's uh, The advice is brilliant, and when you're listening to it, you're
2: like, yeah, 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 but sometimes in the moment, it's not easy yeah, to Yeah, it apply. isn't easy to apply those We're things. We're working at it. We're all yeah, working, aren't we? Absolutely, we yeah. Speaking of working, we've got a very successful comedian joining us today. It's none other than Reginald D. Hunter. Oh, such a fan of
1: Reg. Yeah. I, don't, I hope he doesn't mind me calling him Reg. I think we've got to know him well enough to be able to call him Reg. I think Reg we're now, okay. Yeah. yeah, massive fan of Reg. Probably going back to probably seeing him first on have I Got News For You, maybe, I think, yeah. was first came to my attention. But yeah, and then following his stand-up stuff, and obviously he's, he's done quite a lot of he, stuff on no, TV. he is a legend. He is a real legend and very cool just so really, cool really cool yeah um i think everyone can probably agree that he's very very
2: cool man and uh he gets very candid in this in this podcast which he is. He's is very uh, candid which yeah. we really appreciate he, yeah he, he really opened up and was very vulnerable and
1: um yeah yeah there's some really really interesting stuff in it yeah this it's pod. brilliant and i yeah i hope everyone really enjoys it because we it was such a pleasure to sit down with him for an hour
2: yeah well here we go then Let, let's delve in this is reginald d hunter on the blank Podcast. We're, and Giles and I only met two months ago. Is that right? So we're quite, mm. new, we're quite new friends. Oh, right. We, we just, hit it off, thank well, God. Well, he
1: says friends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's needy like that. I just, I just Acquaintances. We <laughs> <laughs> need
0: friends, guys. You know friends. I told you, sir. We <laughs> yeah. have a family. If I get nothing out of this, at least I get a friend. <laughs> Um, yeah, so
1: yeah, it's all, it's all quite relatively new. Um, yeah, it's a project I've been wanting to do for ages and ages, years and years actually been wanting to do a podcast, and then suddenly podcasts became like a huge thing. Yeah, they blew up the place. And I was thinking, ah, oh, man, I missed the boat. <laughs> um, but then, I, yeah, I got in contact with Jim and said, I really want to do this thing about, I think I was going through Wright's Block having some problems writing, and stuff. I really want to talk to some other people about this. Um, and that's kind of how it started, really. I overstand. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: so are you working on anything at the moment?
3: Um No. No? No, no. I just finished um I'm mildly grueling for uh, six months. I finished to um, writing a documentary. I mean t- doing a documentary with BBC mm-hmm. and then I came back and then I toured some and I got an Edinburgh show ready and I oh, that was an adventure. And then um yeah, it's like um I'm doing some more club dates, and then I'm going to stand down end of October, and I'm going to go sit with the old man for a while.
4: Okay.
3: And then I got, and I come back and I got a full tour schedule, and um, some modest ambitions. Hopefully, a podcast of my own. Awesome. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm coming to see what you guys do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. Yeah. laughs> you check out the scene. <laughs>
1: cool. Um, the podcast would that that be a comedy podcast? Actually, nah, no. Nah. Nah too hard to be funny day and day.
3: <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure I'll get off a good one every yeah, night, yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, just, you know. Yeah, you want to go and have a... I want to, um, you know, it's. it seems to me that with our disapproval and our, our loss of faith in our own medias, yeah, you know, it, seems like it seems like more and more we're getting out and we're asking our own questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we're yeah, getting yeah. in people's faces and saying, hey, what's up with
1: this, man? Yeah. Yeah we've talked to I mean a few people we've talked to on the podcast we've we've spoken about that how yeah. uh using like podcast as a medium to you know to avoid you know mainstream media just because you know things are getting twisted in certain ways and we you know want to have a bit more you know more you know you say hey what does this word
3: mean someone says, hey look it up get a dictionary look it up and maybe in 30 years when someone says Hey, what's the news about this? Hey, get your own news, man. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. got their own podcast. Everyone does their own interviews, man. Eh? <laughs> yeah, one day we'll all have a podcast. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah, always yeah. be
1: guests yeah. on other people's <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be <laughs> live. Do, do you
2: know what, what it might be about? you got any, any ideas of what, what, what it might be about? Or just freestyling? Oh, or? I,
3: just a couple of dudes in a room having a conversation. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> do you think these days, converse, with with the way people are online, the conversation is almost like a thing of the past. Yeah. Do you do you think people find it
3: harder now? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think online, I think um, I think that's a respite from conversation. Um, a lot of people talking at each other. Yeah. Whether it's negative or positive. Yeah. And it's um it's contributing, I think, to a lot of one way conversations, while uh, holding other people's attention.
4: Yeah.
3: And so, yeah, I I think. Uh, yeah that's what i think yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i think you're right
2: (laughs) well that's why well i mean that's why we're doing this podcast as well because we're both two creative people as well and it's nice to be able to connect with people who obviously are really famous and really successful (laughs) um but are creative as well and and do the same things we do and you realize that actually everyone's so similar and it's really nice to be able to connect with people and realize Mm -hmm. we know no matter what people say in the world about our differences we're really similar when it all boils down to it, really, oh,
4: aren't
3: we? Oh, man, you're touching my heart, man. <laughs> <laughs> we are the world. We are the world. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put some nice music in the background. Yeah. Then, yeah. I don't know, man. I guess I guess those of us, certainly in the Western world, I, I guess it's, it can be argued that our lives are becoming so homogenized. That, yes, we are all. all yeah. <laughs> I mean, we pretty much eat the same places and go to the same places and stuff like that. I was like, um, I was talking to this lady the other day, and she was talking to me, and she says, uh, British men are just so boring and so useless. And I said, really? And I said, British women aren't. She goes, no. I said, well, how British women pull that off? Because they go to the same schools that British men go to. They come from the same parents. They eat the same food. So how y'all went left and they went right? <laughs> and it's uh and I'm, I'm focusing on you know that thing uh, the differences we come up with these differences and we somehow seem to exclude ourselves yeah it was like uh i got upset with my family and i started getting some notoriety and i saw how financially self-interested some of them were yeah and, and i got really disheartened because it's like well I'm supposed to love y'all, and y'all are supposed to love me. And if it don't work between us, then when it comes to me and love, I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah. But then I realized, if circumstances were different or reversed, I may not be any different. Yeah. And then I realized, it's not them, it's us. It's the human condition. It's yeah. us. Greed, jealousy, all that, it's us. And we get caught up in the whole them aspect of it, and somehow elevating ourselves. And there's a lot of differences to start.
1: Yeah. I think. Yeah, no, I think you're right. We are kind
3: of programmed sometimes
2: to be like that, I think, mm-hmm. aren't we? Like yep. Society makes us feel like we have to grab what we can,
3: be a bit selfish and be a bit uh inward. Well, it's uh I remember in the 80s and that's when this sort of like new individualism started. Yeah. Um personal happiness, personal satisfaction. I mean, just 30 years earlier in the 50s there's if somebody walked in and said, "You know what? I, I got a decent-paying job, but I want job satisfaction." People, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if somebody's like, "I don't want to be happy in my marriage." What? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <quite, yeah>.
4: Madness. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: It is difficult, though, and I guess, and obviously, this podcast is about being creative and about having blank moments, being creative. I, I from a personal point of view, happiness sometimes is in conflict. With creativity. It's, I find sometimes oh, I'm, I'm yeah. at my most frustrated and angry when I'm oh. not being creative. Do, do, you have, do you have problems with that as well?
3: My director, who directed some of my Edinburgh shows, he said to me, he says, don't get me wrong, you're really good on stage when you are in a good frame of mind, when you're happy, you're loved up and all of that. He says, but you're ever so much better when you're on the back foot a bit. You're ever so much better when you are hurt or confused about something. You are that much more electric. and It's a... I don't know... I don't know how I would be a happy stand-up. Stand-up comedy is blues without
1: the music. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And that's quite indicative of a lot of comedians, that they, they find their best work or produce their best work where they're in the dark dark i've been place. in that situation before you in be
3: comedy long enough it'll happen it's like you'll be settling along and your angst will be fueling it and you will be kicking it and then you meet this woman and she recognized the doorway to happiness you think do i want fulfillment and happiness or do i want to continue my career <laughs> <laughs> choose <your> career <laughs> <laughs>
2: and you can't you kind of you kind of you don't think you can have both
3: um, I think you can have a career and a decent one uh-huh. while being ha- fulfilled and happy. Uh-huh. Um it's one of the it's one of the conundrums of using anger as a fuel. Anger is a very powerful fuel and it can propel you great distances. Yeah. The only problem is it's an extremely toxic fuel and it'll rot out your engine faster than anything else. Yeah. But I mean as far as um propulsion <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's just it's just managing the anger. It's just being able to to manage or it, challenging, for your, or challenging guess. it for your best. I think, use. It's,
3: I think it's best. Uh, I think authenticity is best. And so, I've seen cats that try to manufacture anger, mm. or try to manufacture, um, you know, um, idiosyncrasies, and audiences inauthenticity. in authenticity offens- in the audience can see it yeah. they may not
1: be able to articulate it when they see it but they know it when they see yeah, it yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah um, i want to talk to you about um growing up in georgia um obviously you live here now but <laughs> tell me a bit about about your childhood well um i was much shorter <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and uh,
1: my child, because you 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 had a big family, right? Yeah, you yeah. A lot of siblings. I'm the last of nine, and um, so you were the you were the the, the,
3: the little one. I'm, I was yeah. I was last, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, but I kind of I grew up kind of more like the life of an only child because my yeah. sisters and brothers were a lot older than me. Um, by the time I was born, so my older sisters and brothers were starting their first marriages. By the time I went to first grade, they were I was starting their first divorces. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it was... Um, but Christmas was great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet. <sighs> I bet. Just, and did 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 some of your older siblings parent you as well as your oh, parents? Oh, yeah yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I'm, all of them did. You know, yeah. it was just... Um, my mom was 42 when I was born. My dad was 50. So when I came along, my mom and dad were like...
4: Y'all know what we do, Showing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you've seen it. Help you? yeah. pay attention. Yeah.
3: And I couldn't imagine playing for hours indoors. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: but then I didn't have the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, my summers were just outdoors, never, you know. And I, My kids now, I'm like, come on, you need to go out. Like, the sun's out, go out. Yeah, yeah yeah, 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 Different. It was a
3: different time so yeah um, it seemed like I want to say it seemed like there were fewer things to do but you no know, there were fewer things to be distracted by mm, but yeah. there was more there was more things to go out and do it seemed like yeah and um, yeah I remember about the 70s as well and I think it was that last generation I think during the 70s we that last generation that, that was like expecting it to get better yeah like yeah. you know like 50s Six, six things, yeah, yeah. things are getting better and it's like yeah we're making improvements and we are it's just you know social conditions and just and it's like I don't I think it's kind of absent the world's kind of you know the western world's kind of absent of that I think the western world is more like go for yourself get your mm. personal satisfaction personal happiness and just go somewhere and be quiet and hope for the best <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I you wanted
3: to be an actor didn't you I did until I found out that it's work yeah who calls? me just want some sugar for this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe another glass. Unless that's my glass. That's yours, that's yours yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah. drink coffee until I was 38. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, yeah, my mother my mother had this thing about it. She was like, you know, it's just, it's wrong. It's bad for kids drinking. drink it. Just, it's bad. And um, I was in an Australia and I suffered a, a, a sharp and disappointed breakup with a girl. And I was feeling reckless and coffee was my weapon of choice. <laughs> and how was your first, first experience on coffee? It's before I go on stage and I'm at the little bar and I walk up to the bar and the guy says, your usual, Reg? And I said, no, I think I have a cappuccino. And he went, no vodka? No vodka. <laughs> so, you know, and for years I've been watching Frasier and Friends. Yeah, And, like, yeah, and, it's, yeah. Like, and it's like, I would look at him and I'd be like, Coffee seems to make white people better.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it says <their> secret fuel.
1: <laughs> we seem faster and more confident. So you start with a cappuccino. Did you did you move on to other varieties? I got the
3: cappuccino. It's the gateway coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's the
1: gateway
3: coffee. And I put a little stuff on it and everything. And the, the barman was like, and then even some of the staff, and they was like, Go on, Reggie. You, you, you can do it. You can do it, Reggie. The crowd building up around you. And I took a sip. And I took another sip. And I said, This is just coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I was you know, name like Cappuccino and sounds like a little Italian girl. Yeah. Cappuccino. It's nothing. It's coffee. It's just coffee. It's just coffee. But it does the job. Yeah, I can see a restaurant a, a bar called that a cafe just coffee it's just coffee
2: um okay so you intended to get into acting oh yeah that's what you started doing and then you yeah. came over here as,
1: as well what, what yeah I'm just interested like when you were was was that from a young age you wanted to do acting was that uh, no I started in my late teens yeah um my sister and I we started
3: watching uh, my sister's like my son of my first film um, teacher, and uh, I remember we first watched the Bond movies uh, from Russia with love. And she was combing her hair, and Connery's walking through the airport. And she says, Now you see that man right there? He's playing an Englishman, but he's really a Scottishman. I said, So? When well, she said, Over here, it means nothing, but over there,
1: it means
4: everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And is Connery, uh, is that is that the Bond for you? Because yeah, yeah. everyone has their yeah. Bond, don't they? Oh, I think Jim? Connery is the Bond. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's he's the guy. Yeah, you got to respect that. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> he, is, he is the guy. <laughs> it was like, um, I was telling a lady friend of mine the other night about um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service like when Bond got married. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, there's that moment when um, Bond and his girlfriend are being chased by um, m- um, men on skis with machine guns because that's how henchmen's roll. (laughs) 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 And there's a moment, and you could tell that this was the moment for Bond. They're on skis, they're being chased, and there's a big gulf, like a a big crevice or something in, in, in the ice, and it has to be jumped. And Bond jumps it easily. And he looks back, nervous, and she lands right next to him, just as effortlessly. And then she says, easy. And he says, superior woman
1: it's amazing there's things that stick with you they? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and that was the moment you decided you wanted to be an actor or, uh, yeah yeah. Bond was out of the question so <laughs> yeah. <all right. laughs>
3: but yeah um, I had notions of um, see all the things I really wanted to do it, was non-traditional. It, would have been, it would have been non-traditional casting in my case. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to do Shakespeare, but I didn't want to do Othello. Mm-hmm. I was just tired of people trying to send me down that road.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And there were several times when I was doing, working as a young actor. I, had, I went through this period where old white men would come up to me afterwards and they'd be like, Man, I'd pay money to see you sing Old Man River. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 would you just? Yeah. <laughs> and, but... And then, of course, I wanted to play bar and, and then I met stand-up, and it was the first thing that I did and that seemed like a true meritocracy. If you're funny, you'll work. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're fat, if you're skinny, or if you're new. If you're funny, you'll work. Yeah. I mean, in acting, you could not work, because you ain't tall enough, or your nose ain't right. Nothing to do with your skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I wanted, I, I think I wanted a, a career that I had, a, a, my my success was relative to my effort yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but acting brought you to England though oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah I came and studied at RADA for a strong mm. minute and um, it was humbling um previous to that I had been in acting programs and I had uh, been at Equi Theatre and I'd done community theatre RADA was the first time that I was part of a program where everybody was good. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't the mo- I wasn't the best person in the group because I was the most interested. There were no bored housewives or people who were looking to get an easy grade or people who just wanted to get out of the house or avoid college. These are people. I mean, it was like white fame. I mean, it was kids <laughs> flying <Yeah>. through the air <laughs> dancing and shit. Just like, <laughs> the real deal. <laughs> Wayne <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, then you then you found stand up and I, I guess for you it was stand up just More freeing, you know what I mean? You you could just be yourself.
3: It was different. It was stand-up. Was like um, it was like impromptu speaking because um, I had pushed this guy to give me my first gig, and a week later I'm at the gig, and it's like two minutes. Before the uh, MC introduces me, and it's just in that moment that I realized that I had no jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All I had was optimism and attitude. <laughs> but um, my father—I grew up in the South, and my father—I grew up for years watching my father hold court, mm. and I grew up watching him for years apply his humor. He would apply his humor to give someone a nudge and to being like, "Don't be so grumpy," mm-hmm. or you know, "Oh, come on, man, let that go." And he was he was good at breaking the ice in the room, and it sort of just sort of kicked in from there. Uh, by the time I th- got my third gig, I had my first semblance of a set,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and knowing what I could talk about and what I couldn't, and then plus I was doing Northern England a lot at that time, and I was finding that when I walk on stage, people seemed kind of glad to see me in that way, it was like, oh God, anything other than another English white guy. And and that went pretty well. And then it was like, it was, it was that weird feeling of, I could be really good at this. If I apply myself, I could be really good at this. But I get the feeling that I could be really good at this, quietly. And people will leave me alone while I get good at it. Yeah. It's like I wouldn't be constantly pulled at or divided or have to... I, I remember when I went home, it was like, you're a stand-up, but you ain't funny.
0: <laughs> 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 no, nigga, you ain't funny.
3: <laughs>
2: and obviously this pod is about blank moments and being blank. Were there any sort of moments early on that were tough for you? because well, you, you had, you had not knowing,
1: not, not having a, a full set to start with. Was that... Yeah. A, was that a challenge to start with, or did you find it a natural? No,
3: no uh, it was. It was um. One of my mentors, uh, uh, my, one of my uh, my biggest comedy mentor probably is Tony Woods, and he said to me, he said to me, "What's the most important thing? What's the most what's number one rule of stand up comedy?" I said, "Be funny." He goes, "Nope, number two. He says, "The most important rule of stand up comedy is be interesting." Yeah. Just be interesting, and he says, "If if you're interesting enough, you can go a long time without telling a joke." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, I found, I found that as I traveled around uh, Northern England, Wales, Scotland, all those places, I found out that in those places, in a lot, uh, um, t- Sunday nights, Monday nights, Tuesday nights, there were a lot of bored people, bored with the local circumstances, bored with the people they normally the see, and so it was like, and as a, if you have your your senses turned on, you can tell when people are interested in you, or interested in what you're saying. It's, um, uh, they sit a little bit closer, or or they look at somebody else and go, shh! And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like my family doesn't treat me like (laughs) (laughs) this. And,
4: yeah,
3: blank moments. I've had blank moments. Um. I had a blank moment, maybe 2002. That's the first year I'm doing the British Christmas gig scene, uh-huh. and turning up to do a gig at seven, and the people there are already pissed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I mean, like, epically
1: pissed. And does that put you on the back foot straight away? It you did know it? for about a week. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and then I found that Jen is a great equalizer.
1: <laughs> Before you
3: discover cappuccino. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, I can speak fluent piss as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are other blank moments. Just um, I was talking about a blank moment the other day. Oh God, it'll come to me. It's just your, your, your mind just goes completely just wiped. <laughs> I have nightmares like that. It never, it's never happened on stage. Well, that's not. But it's it's that reoccurring dream where you're on stage and you're doing the inauguration ball in Washington and you go on stage and you can't remember a joke just you can't remember know the joke you used to do
1: just <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> and that's sort of a reoccurring dream of mine oh nightmare
1: do you think that's common common with I mean you do stand up Jim do you, do you have dreams of like going out on stage and not nothing coming out and just
3: sometimes or I have this other reoccurring dream was like, my gig starts in an hour and I just have to drive across town, but then there's a fire and then there's a
1: dragon and then my mom has another <laughs> baby or is just something yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just yeah, stuff out of your control that's yeah. just like, yeah, preventing you from getting to that place. But even, and then when you finally get to the gig, you know, the people are like, oh,
3: rich, you had such a lovely career.
1: Why'd you blow it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but
2: I'm sure, I mean, you're we're talking to you now I've been talking to you for 25 minutes it's really easy to talk to you you're really eloquent and you've, you've made loads of jokes already already today oh wow so you don't he's got, like, he's got you, a joke counter on you <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're at uh, 35 um, if you have those blank moments you're surely you're the sort of person that can get through that because you're, you're naturally funny
3: and you're just it, you know it just sort of comes you know I find I mean? that if you tell people the truth generally I mean the times I've had blank moments on stage I've said things like I've been in the middle of a joke And then i stop and I'd say something like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to complete that joke. I just realized that I no longer agree with the philosophy of it. (laughs) (laughs) However, take my word for it. It was going to be hilarious. (laughs) 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 Just take my word for it.
2: (laughs) But it is, I mean, that is a point. It is good to be honest on stage, isn't it? I think the more honest you are, the more audience. You
3: could tell your audience, I'm having a blank moment. And they'll laugh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then they'll laugh and then it'll trigger something. Yeah. But I find that a blank moment gets bigger when you're trying to pretend you're not having it. Yes. <laughs> it's like uh, slipping in quicksand. Yeah. So it's it, it's about owning the moment. You have to call the elephant in the room. Yeah. And I found that through stillness, greater awareness comes. It's like, okay, I'm <laughs> fucking up. Rather than acting like I'm not fucking up, yeah. let me just say I'm fucking up. I'm just say it out loud to myself and then other people and then all of a sudden it's there's a special liberation yeah. in having clarity and the ability to be honest and articulate about the exact moment that you're in
4: mm.
3: just say the words there's a lot of people who get themselves into a special hell it's something that stand-ups do I notice the best of us. The best of us stand-ups. We'll take whatever it is that we want or think is different about us, and the second we get on stage sometimes, we start thinking, oh, God, how do I sound like every other comedian you've ever fucking heard of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you go, hey, let me get back to being me. So you just get wiped. It's just mentally wiped. Yeah.
2: But it's hard to be... Honest with yourself in those bad moments. I think so we're all programmed to be like I've got it's, to be the best
3: I can. It's really hard to be honest. Anything, anything is hard if, if you ain't used to doing it. Yeah, if yeah. you ain't got reps being honest with yourself, then in a crucial moment, it's gonna be hard to do it. Yeah. But if you're in, the, if, if you're in the habit of doing those things, then you're. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm astonished at how easily I don't bullshit myself anymore compared to 20 years ago. <laughs> I don't always be interested. I wait to see. I wait to solve the the problem or see what the problem is before I start stroking myself. Mm-hmm. And some people are stroking themselves while they're trying to figure out the problem and those are two different activities. Yeah. And stroking yourself has its place. But some people do that first immediately. And I like to fix the flat tire before I stroke myself.
1: Yeah. Was there a catalyst for that though? You know, you say like 20 years ago you weren't doing that. Perhaps <laughs> Oh, was, just, this, I, was there a moment I, I, where you think you know I've got to stop bullshitting myself? Oh, well, there's
3: nothing like being in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're in trouble and um, pain in some form, whether physical or emotional, gets you real quickly some sharpness as to what you really fucking feel, feel and think about your, your your views. Yeah, when you don't have um, when you're not in trouble or you're not in pain, you can sit on the fence and have your dinner party morals is I, I think pain being in trouble and have ch- having children make you decide real quick what you really believe yeah. <laughs> yeah and that pain gives you clarity yeah about actually
2: how you feel about things children give pain
4: and clarity <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they do
1: <laughs> I speak from I speak from a place of this. i take your word for yeah. it yeah <laughs> it's um it's really easy to do that it's
3: I think when you're younger, you're so more, you're much more caught up in. You're trying to define yourself. You're trying to know yourself, and so you're relying uh, a bit too often on the others' impression of you to help define you. Mm-hmm. So you are worried about what other people think.
4: Yeah,
3: and then you know, <laughs> at some point, that's going to come that day, or after you come home from the hospital, or you lost your job, or you just whatever you walk around in your underwear and you just be like Well, you know what fuck this I'm gonna walk around in my underwear all day and I don't even care and I bother nobody I'm not I ain't asked nobody to be with me so I'm over here balls jangling myself and I bother nobody I'm just, I'm just being human I'm just being natural yeah and I found that I, a friend of mine once pointed out to me he said when I first started hanging out with you I used to think that you were really extravagant with money like wasteful and he says, I got to know you. He says, you would rather spend an extra 20 or 30 pounds to have something completely taken care of than to think about it one minute longer than you want to because you value your thinking time and you'd rather be thinking about something else. And I go, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I... I had a lady friend ask me the other night, she's like, what do you want? What do you want in a relationship and stuff like that? And I was like, I just want my... I want to be able to think. I want high ceilings. I want to be able to go and come as I please. Yeah. I want to take an idea and, and gnaw over it for a while. I want to be able to take it in the shower with me. I want to take it downstairs uh, and, and back on with me. I want to have gnaw on it while I'm uh, in the front yard. I just. And I guess you can do that with a wife and kids because I used to think that would be impossible to think like that and have that room to think with kids and stuff like that. But my friends tell me that no, you just get better at compartmentalising. Your thinking time is between one and
4: three. <laughs> yeah, it, <really laughs> is. It, is. <laughs> it is. It totally is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I can I can totally vouch for that. Yeah, finding finding those moments in the day where you can just you know, give yourself a few minutes. Like,
3: to... you need time to separate yourself because a lot of times people get caught up in what am I supposed to think? Yeah. And there's some things you're supposed to think. The things you're supposed to think are the things that you're supposed to espouse when you are in the group, when you're trying to pass for a conformist. <laughs> but you got to be able to separate the th- sometimes the things you should think versus what you really think. And you start there. And sometimes people's lives get so caught up in the rip and run of life yeah. that they don't they, they don't know how to re- differentiate between what I should think and what I really think. Yeah. Just keep those two separate.
2: Yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier about caring what people think about you.
3: Yeah. Because you sometimes feel like, well, if I don't
2: think like these other people, then, well, maybe I'm going to be out of the pack or something. But that's that's difficult.
3: And the truth of the matter is, we're humans. We should care what other people think. But we should pick carefully the people whose opinions matter to us. You can't be going around looking into the face of some random Yahoo trying to get their opinion or their impression of you. Yeah, exactly. And it's just... (laughs) What was I had a joke like that once? I was like, I spent years... um, with low self-esteem, not making a connection, that um, I sought the, apprais- the appraisal of
1: people who didn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, and we do that, don't we? It's like a, again, going back to the human condition, we do seek approval from the people that yeah. possibly, you know, don't like our work, don't like us as people, you know, and that happens a lot But on social sense, media, doesn't but it? But
3: that makes sense in a way, because why would you, get, why would you fight to get the approval of approval of people you already well, got. Yeah, of course. So you're trying to acquire more approval. So, ah, yeah. oh, let me look around the world and see who don't like me today. <laughs> I guess I'll go over there. Yeah. Hey, man, why you don't like me? Take a look at this. You like that, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Go back and tell your friends you like me. It yeah. Is just, but and being liked has its place, man. It, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm cautious with people who say, well, I don't care what anyone thinks. Then why do you live in a civilization? Mm-hmm. People, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's It's just, yeah, it, you don't get, yeah. My father told me that every man in his life has to serve something. There's no choice about that. Says, but you do get to choose what you serve.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. That's the yeah. only
3: choice you get. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I made a decision with stand up comedy that I was going to serve it. And 21 years later, it's gone okay.
4: <laughs> 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 it's gone kind of all right it's not okay
3: <laughs> but then you know sometimes I wonder if I should have served some other stuff yeah. or if I wonder if I've served this too long at the expense of something else yeah and and then I, I wonder at, at age 49 I wonder how much more serve juice I
1: got left <laughs> and do you think about doing other things like I mean obviously acting was a passion for you when you were young do you, do you, do you is that something you'd like to do again Okay, back into. Oh, um I don't, I don't miss it
3: Um <laughs> I went to several acting schools Several acting programs Community theater And I spent thousands of pounds to find out I like acting <laughs> I don't well, love it yeah, yeah, <laughs> acting, I, yeah. I like it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Yeah I, mean, I joke about it all the time About my next life Um My next life? I mean, after retiring from stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in some
1: effort. I was (laughs) was going to say, where where are we going with this? (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: a whole other part of
4: this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, one of my fantasies is maybe about five years, I make my next big money, and then me and my woman, we can fake our deaths And then we disappear to this deserted island, well, this uncharted island. And for five years, it's just we hang out with the natives and learn the language we tell stories, we eat, we drink. And (laughs) after about five years of that, that's when we'll turn up at the University of Moscow or the University of uh, Seattle. And we'll turn up as Mr. and Mrs. Mongo Slade. (laughs) (laughs) And if somebody says, hey, aren't you that?" Nope, nope. My wife and I are not even comfortable with the N word. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great dream. That's a great plan.
2: <laughs> but, there, but there is something in that, isn't there, about sometimes just shutting off from the world. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just you just want it all to go away. Sometimes.
3: Well, I tell you, one of the uh, unspoken advantages by me of coming to live in England, I got here when I was like twenty-seven. And all of a sudden, again, I was free to reshape my identity any way I wished. Mm. Yeah, Reinvent yourself, so to speak. And I wonder how good it might be to do that again. Yeah. Just, you know, just move to a tropical island and you know, move with your lady and stuff, and you stop being a reg, and you get known as Mango Joe. And it was, it was, it was, there go Mango! Hey, Mango, what's happening, baby? Just <laughs>
1: that Mango J is so funny it's <laughs> like Mango, yeah. he, should, he should do stand up <laughs> get Mango Joe on the podcast <laughs> oh man I should to get away from that stuff
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man harder though isn't it when you've got a profile you know you've got a big profile harder to yes. turn away sometimes though.
3: but I'm not famous I'm not famous I'm like Jay-Z and Beyonce that's famous I mean I got the kind of fame that if I went missing, the police would look for at least two days now. I mean, maybe three, maybe yeah, three. Depends yeah. on depends on what white woman I was. I did the mango joke before. So. Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: I mean, I miss my mango. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you please, you find my mango. <laughs> I give me some local Tahitian girl. You find my mango. Mango, get mad. You got one
4: job <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: but I guess it is hard. I mean, you know, you've been doing stand-up for so long. Um, there's that constant pressure to, to, to keep that level up. You know, keep what you do, or maybe do new things. Do you, do you feel a pressure as you go yeah, on? Yeah. To... You
3: know what? I was just thinking about this the other day. Is that uh, sort of youthful vanity? Mm. I would say I broke my leg last year. Uh, what? I was forty-eight. I think that was about the time I started accepting the probability that I'm
1: going to die one day. I
3: mean, and it was, I knew I would before, but it was,
1: yeah. it's
3: like... No, no, it's just... Well,
1: because you were in, incapacitated. Well, that pain, and, yeah, just, yeah. And,
3: and it's like, oh, shit, death is going to happen
1: one day. Yeah. And, I, and I think I might
3: recognize it when it arrives. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to start in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> but also, as well, I say that to say, there was a time in my days as a club comic. And sometimes, you'd be like a sports team. you get on streaks. you get on losing streaks, you get on cold streaks, you get on hot streaks. And if I'm honest, and I've been very, very fortunate, I feel like standard-wise, I've been on like a 20-year winning streak over here. Hmm. And the first time you walk on stage, and it's going a bit slow. You wonder, is this the end? Cause you know, if you've been on a 20 year winning streak, a heavy loss is somewhere around the corner. You can't you can't keep this up. You can't keep getting breaks like this. My biggest fear as a stand-up is to stand up is I'll go to sleep one day and the social climate around me will completely change. And I will come out and I will have as much vim and vigor as before, but I'm no longer relevant. I'm no longer plugged into the thing that other people are plugged into and talking about and worried about. It's going to be like, the audience would be like, Jesus, it's 2045 and he's still fucking talking about Brexit. I think we will be. I think we will be. You're going to let it go.
1: <laughs> so is that a case of you like kind of looking over your shoulder a lot of the time? No. It's, well, currently where I am, it is, it's like I
3: was laying in bed the other night and just think, am I always going to be good? I mean, like, I had some tough days early on in Edinburgh this past festival, and it was like, wow, there's gonna come a time that I'm not gonna be able to just summon this. I'm not gonna be able to just pull a rabbit out of my butt, and there's gonna come a time but well, man, my voice ain't gonna work so good. Or, it seems like dementia in some form is in all of our futures. It's like, when well, it's coming the time I'm not gonna be able to string these words together like this. There's gonna come a time when I'm trying to write a new show and I, after I do I realize there's nothing new in it. <laughs> I've said all of this in some form before and as Doug Stanhope says, I'm merely cannibalizing myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But that day ain't the day.
4: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know,
3: but you know, it's coming. And it's like...
2: But there's nothing you can do I, about I that, wonder though.
3: how many people in this life, in, 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 in human history, have died. And at the moment of their death, they thought to themselves, I thought I was gonna live forever.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't think this was coming. I thought death was for other people. <laughs> So you're kind of concerned... Well, not concerned, but it's something you're thinking about as like a, a career mortality, like a, or a comedy mortality. Uh, it,
3: you like to have the idea, the, the, the sense of security, that if comedy asks you to leave, then you'll be able to do for yourself. you would be able to go somewhere else, you'll be able to thrive somewhere else or some other thing. <laughs> but you don't want... I don't want to. I mean, I want to do other things. I don't know. I really don't know what the end game is with stand-up comedy for me. Uh, there's some things that I really want to get said and done on stage, mm-hmm. and I'm still growing the balls necessary to say some of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think on the other hand, I fear saying those things because after I say them, it'll be over. <laughs> I might. I mean, yeah, it's um, it's like those kids in university they keep finding ways to, to delay their graduation because they want to stay in the embryo of university life. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't turn in this paper.
4: Again. <laughs> Again. <Yeah.
3: laughs> I'm going to take a year off, Mom. <laughs> I'm going to Paris to do an internship. <laughs> <laughs> For 10 years. Yeah.
2: But is that because... Stand-up's been so good to you.
3: Is that. It's that. But it's 21 years I've been doing it. or well, 20 years I've been doing it. And you got and you start to think, it's time for me to start getting on with it. Like, whatever it is that I need to be saying or, or, or being afraid to say. I mean, you'll be 50 years old next year. Like, how many more dick jokes can you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, Just get on with it and it's like and you think well, I want to say the things I'm supposed to say I know what I'm supposed to say kinda yeah. but I don't want to die like I don't want we live in a time now where if you say the wrong thing there's a squadron of people out there that feel that, that they have the right to end your livelihood mm. <laughs> just just yeah. with no other prospect Yeah. yeah. it's like <laughs> they can come like the the, the the people in Frankenstein, the mob, and just yeah, the social yeah, media yeah. mob, and just and we seem to live in a time now where yeah. people there's so many people that seem to go out of their way to misunderstand what you're saying. Absolutely. Yes. But you had that, you know, the geek for the Football Association. Oh man.
2: But but I mean, was, but you, obviously that didn't affect your career. You know, still going strong. But was that because it was before a time? Before this kind of mob mentality,
3: or was it still just as bad? Well, that situation wasn't even really about me. That was being used as an instrument to for the tabloids to get at uh, the, the football association. Yeah. And so, what they were trying to do is say, in a series of bad decisions by the
4: PFA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you get. and everything looks so contrived now sometimes like the controversies and stuff yeah yeah. yeah it's just and it's I clickbait thought... isn't it it's clickbait,
1: the, all the time. Life, clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> life clickbait exactly yeah. exactly
3: how much do you look at other stand-up I mean like when you're at home do you, I'm I, mean, I mean real talk
2: not as much not as much as I should do
3: why, okay why should you look at more <sighs>
2: to, see, oh, to see people who are really good at what they do mm-hmm and try, and try and learn from that, uh-huh. try and find inspiration from uh-huh. that, but also in a way to kind of make... make, my, make
4: never, obviously <laughs> never done, But also to make
2: myself feel like, well, that's something to aim towards. I can, I can do that uh-huh. as a kind of inspiration in that kind of way. But um, I don't do it enough. But I think it's because I've got, slightly got the fear back a little bit of going back on stage and telling new jokes that aren't very good uh-huh. and being like, oh, it was a short-time thing. Okay, that's all it was. And... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding it really difficult to actually... And this, this is one of the blank moments on the pod, to actually get back on the horse again, as it were. Oh, Even it. though I really want to. I really, really want to. I can't quite seem to,
3: to get there. Okay, this is just my snap read. But it sounds to me just a little scared to take a ass Yeah, when, cause maybe. Because when, when you... After I finish the tour, that means i got to come up with some new jokes. And I write the new jokes... And that's about a good month. I got to take an ass whooping until I found out what's funny about him. You got to take an ass whooping. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, part of it. Yeah, but, but but the older you get, the more you do it. The briefer and briefer the ass whoopings get. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get what you need. And just, I give you a tip for, for minimizing the ass whooping. <laughs> Compose your, t- your set list, not with things that you think are funny, but with things you just love saying. And that's where you start. Yeah. And the, the things that you like saying, you'll say them better. You'll say with more juice. Mm-hmm. Just, just start saying. You know, sometimes I come up with a goofy punchline. You know, like cheeseburgers and tennis shoes. <laughs> and then you go, okay, how do I just, how do I backwrite and justify saying this? Yeah. And just, just the joke starters. But uh, I remember years ago I was reading Eddie Izzard once said that. Um, You want to find out how good you are? Take your best joke and leave it out. See what you got. Mm.
2: See what you really are. Because this is the thing as well, (laughs) because you will have some stuff you love saying, and I have
3: some, and I think that's
2: really funny, and you do it for like five gigs in a row. doesn't get much of a laugh, and you have to be honest to yourself and be like,
3: that bit wasn't that good. Well, actually, you may be doing yourself too much of a disservice. If you like saying something, and you feel like it's pretty good, and you're saying it five gigs in a row and people ain't laughing, well, there's some disconnect. There's something... That you're not communicating in the joke that you think you are, yeah. because the setup is basically you're just giving the audience the information they need to laugh. So there's something missing, likely in your setup, and just a modest tweaking might even just be one word, and you might go from hmm to ah. Yeah. Just, it's just, sometimes it's beats and rhythms. Sometimes just the sound of your words, the the, the cadence, and if you have two, if if it's too verbose, Oh, it's too austere. I don't know. Yeah. What the fuck do I know?
1: <laughs> but do you, do you yeah. watch other comics? Do you? Is that something that appeals to you watching other comics to see how they're I used to. they're doing their craft? I used to.
3: I used to watch religiously, and now there's like a handful of comics that I make it my business to see. But if I'm a, if I'm around, I'm flipping around, and there's like a show on it's like new comics and stuff i will hang back for as long as i can keep from vomiting and then i'll leave <laughs> i mean sometimes i look at stand-up comedy and i look at the badness of it and there's a sameness to the badness <laughs>
4: yeah
3: just i don't know i think in most industries there's a few people who are excellent at what they do there's a wider group of people that are really good and aspiring and I think a lot of the rest are just glad to have a job.
1: Yeah. Do you think that comes down to authenticity again? Like we were saying earlier? I think that comes down to what you want. It's like...
3: I know when I started to stand-up I wanted to be what I call an impact comedian. I mean, I wanted... I wanted you to take my ideas or words home with you. I wanted you to be going back and forth and so... How do you talk about things that matter to people? And... Because that's how I viewed George Carlin, you know. He he yeah. took him home with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like I looked at that, and I looked at Dave Allen, and it's like you took him home with you, and you thought, "I want to do that. How do? How do? I do? I want. I want to know how to matter that much. Yeah. Somebody teach me how to matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Well,
2: thank you very much for the. Uh a stand-up class. I got a private, <laughs> private. I really, yeah. I really appreciate that, and um, I'm actually going to go home and put some of those into action. Hey, maybe you yeah. actually give me some money now.
4: Ten <laughs> <laughs> yeah. percent.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to ask you just briefly about the um, the documentary you made for BBC mm. about going back to your to mm. your area of America, and yeah. looking at and the music. I've been watching them again, and it's just so fantastic. I watched, I think it was part two where you were in Alabama and you. Went to the studio where Aretha Franklin had, um, and it was just—it's just incredibly inspiring. Was that enjoyable doing that that documentary? Was—is that, that stuff you'd like to do more of? And also, I was going to say about going back to your area of the world yeah, so you're from originally. How how did that feel? Because obviously you've been here for a long time.
3: That was weird. That was, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I left. That is. I just got tired of being ashamed of the history of the South. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it was, and it was weird, because I joke about it on stage, you know, that there are plenty of places in the South that have a progressive attitude, and there are white people, white Southern, even redneck people who, just like me, are sick of our reputation and our past. Mm. But there are still plenty of places in the South where when it gets dark, you better not be. Uh, and it's and it's scary. Yeah. But I was never overwhelmingly scared in those situations because there's nothing like being surrounded by a white BBC film crew. It just, <laughs> it just makes everybody behave. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and is music a, a big part of your life then? Is that something you I mean, yeah, about?
3: but I mean, what I listen to and um, what I'm expounding on in the documentary is the two sets of music two different sense of music. I mean <laughs> if I did the music that I love is just tonight, Reg Reg explores Seal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play here, really, yeah, Kiss from the Rose is playing. <laughs> Wait, we're trying to work out
3: yeah. what Kiss from the Rose is about. It's so random. <laughs> I know it just sounded Kiss from a Rose. I guess yeah, yeah. I guess the woman the Rose.
4: Yeah.
3: And if 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 a rose could have lips, then it would be this woman. Yeah. Yep. But roses have thorns. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess it's de-thorn if it's kissing you. But yeah. I don't really know.
1: Well, then we sort of, we were like saying, that was in Batman, that film, so I don't even know what the link is between that and <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> you brought back memories. <laughs> so Seal, Seal would be in your, uh, your real music documentary. Well, I, I, um,
3: I credit Seal, along with Sting in 1992, of kind of saving my life a little bit. Oh really? Are oh really? really? No time, and I, and those two, were the only two cats I listened to, he's
1: like, y'all know what I'm feeling. <laughs> so, what's Sting's solo work, or all the oh, so, 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 solo work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fields of Gold. I so, met him once. Oh
3: really? I did a radio yeah. interview with him once, and I have to tell you, I have never met a human being more perfectly still, like Jedi still. Wow. And I mean, he could be talking to you just, but he's still still. It's like, ah, damn The whole I thought the whole time he's standing right here talking to us. I bet he is telepathically making his wife come. Says <laughs> <laughs> he's that still.
0: Did you try? And,
1: <laughs> did you try and make him move? Did you try and provoke him into like <laughs> coming oh, at yeah. <laughs> Oh,
4: okay
2: so um, Reginald on this podcast we've been asking people at the end of the pod just for their advice on anyone listening who might be having blank moments be it creatively or any other industry or anything like that what, what would your advice be I found
3: for myself that I look at it like in career process I cannot summon the the information from the universe I can't summon it but what I can do is create an environment what's conducive for it to come, so I can make sure that you know my house is quiet, or I got the music that I need, or I smoke the thing that I need, or I need. just whatever you need to do to make the thing come. You, you 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 can do that. And I find that when I'm blocked or blank, there's something else going on in my life that's blocking me or blanking, making me blank.
4: Yeah.
3: And usually, usually when I get blocked. I'm being dishonest with myself about something in some way, and it's like the universe looks at me and says, oh, so we're bullshitting ourselves this week, so this <laughs> means we don't want any new jokes for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it literally it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, when I'm blocked up, the first thing I ask myself is, what am I bullshitting myself about that I don't realize I'm bullshitting myself about? And then if I sit and think about it, it's like, oh... That thing that I'm oh, there it is. Yeah, that's so that's my process when I block myself up. Good that's
2: stuff. Amazing. Well, Reginald D. Hunter, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hey, man, thank, thank you for great. having and me.
1: It's, it's really real pleasure to meet you. Likewise, yeah. likewise. I've admired your tweets from afar. Man. <laughs> I, mean,
3: I mean, it's like, uh, you're like, so I'm looking at your tweets and all the stuff you get into. You're like a modern day Jack London. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's like, I'll take that. It's like, you get a, Picking the newspaper was like, let me see what Adventures Charles is up to today. <laughs> Jesus, he's made it to the North Pole. How did you do that?
1: Oh, my God, that's a TV show waiting to be made. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, that's uh, very, very flattering.
3: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love how British people do it. Well, that's all very good. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Uh... <laughs> oh,
2: d hunter
1: on the blank podcast that was fascinating job yeah amazing i was really intrigued by the stuff he was saying about still being feeling relevant and that i sort of touched on the idea of the career mortality and perhaps reading like have you still got something to say yeah i thought that was really really interesting stuff that he was coming out with about that yeah and
2: for someone that's been working for so long and al- and always been relevant to me, and will always be relevant, I think it's interesting that he still has that kind of vulnerability that that we all have relating to whatever we do,
1: yeah, and I think it, it was easy to tell in the podcast that he still has lots of things to say, yeah exactly. yeah, uh, but I guess he's feeling that he's he hasn't and yeah that that was really really fascinating, yeah now he um the, that pod went to some places didn't it? it really did, it really did, yeah, it went to some dark places, and also, I thought it's great that. He was giving you a bit of advice about stand-ups.
2: I got you? a free stand-up course well, yeah, you got like a work from shot. a Legend of Comedy, yeah. which, was, which was wonderful. So very much appreciated that. And, um, and yeah, what a wonderful man and just what a lovely hour in his presence. Yeah, it was a real, real pleasure. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much to Reg for joining us. Reginald. Reg. I'm going to go with Reg. Um, yeah. On the podcast, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you go and see him performing. If he's performing near you, then, then Definitely. make sure you go yeah, and check Yeah, it out. not to be missed. And check out all the other stuff he does as well, because um, uh, he's a wonderful man. Now, uh, if people want to get in contact with us, Giles, and we have been having a lot of wonderful feedback from people. We have; online. it's been fantastic. We we've just
1: been really blown away and humbled by all the lovely comments that have come through, and really pleased that a lot of the stuff that we've been we thought about at the beginning of doing this project has actually people are noticing and, and are yeah. picking up and on, on enjoying. Yeah. You know the the blank moments in the podcast you know yeah. which obviously you and i well you less than me but <laughs> uh, yeah um I, i've picked up on and love those things like the fact that it's quite a natural uh, and and how we wanted to allow our guests to have as much space as they can to to, to talk and that's been really really positive for me about that
2: So thank you very much for all your Mm. comments. Uh, Should you like to leave us some more comments, and we obviously welcome all comments, really, constructive or or positive, whatever. Yeah, we're happy to hear from you. Um, We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and the handle is exactly the same. It is? It's at blank pod. That's the one. And if you'd like to email us, if you fancy sitting down writing an email a bit longer or want to tell us a story, tell us your own blank moments, or let us know who you want to hear from in the future on the podcast, you can email us, and that is?
1: Hello at theblankpodcast.com.
2: Absolutely. No, I yeah. remember. Fantastic. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast. If, you, if this is the first time listening, then hit subscribe and go back and listen to the previous podcast. We hope you enjoy those. And if you can, please rate us, certainly on iTunes or, and also yeah. wherever you get your podcast, really, because that helps us sort of stay
1: well, stay relevant. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And we it's just lovely to hear from you even if even if you didn't like the podcast.
2: Exactly, just let us know. We we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're open all ears but we will delete those emails if you <laughs> <are>. <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much uh, for joining us. We'll see you again next Wednesday on the next Blank podcast. En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado.
0: This is a Blast Box Media Podcast.